0: I hope you enjoyed today's podcast with Todd. I know I loved it. Who doesn't love working with their spouse? It's going to be my goal to get him in here at every opportunity. There is so much good information and experience in that man. So we'll see what we can do. You will find Todd's tips in the show notes. I'll make sure I get those loaded up. Hey, Todd's tips. That sounds like something that we should have him do on a regular basis too, right? Hmm. As a reminder, we would just like to thank Let's All Flourish for sponsoring our podcast again today. Let's All Flourish is a health and wellness company impacting wellness for families around the world. Let's All Flourish provides workshops and lectures on lifestyle, exercise, attitude, and nutrition to corporate as well as private clients. We work with sports teams, schools, and church groups interested in leadership, empowerment, social and emotional health, and digital literacy. One-on-one coaching is also available. For more information, contact let'sallflourish at gmail.com. Okay, welcome in, Todd Chadbourne, my husband, to the Let's All Flourish podcast. So happy to have you here.
1: Nice to be here.
0: Um, today we are going to be interviewing Todd, my husband, and Tate, my daughter, on, and we're doing movement today. Super excited about this topic. And um, you started running in about what?
1: 97, I think, 1997-ish. I was right thinking
0: it was earlier than that because I was trying to think about when I moved to Houston, and that was like 95. That's when I started running. Six-ish, yeah. yeah that's what I was yeah. thinking. Um but you've always been active. Yes. Always. Always. Super active. Like, But games, like mostly games. Yes, usually
1: chasing a ball somewhere or yeah. something like that.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, it involved chasing something. Soccer, racquetball. I sat on the sidelines of a lot of your games watching that's right. Stuff. I
1: would beg you to come all the time. Come watch me play.
0: <laughs> you were super good.
1: Yeah, that's what I told you every day.
0: <laughs> so... Um, And one of my favorite stories, do you remember one of my favorite stories about trying to get you to go for a run?
1: Uh, No, was it when you woke me up and said, come on, let's go for a run. And I said, you're crazy or something. I don't know.
0: Actually, I think I might have just been trying to get you to go for a walk. What? I know. I tried to get you to go for a walk and you were still in bed and you looked over the side of the bed and said, you have running shoes on. That's and right. That I, was and your kind of walk. And I said, yeah. And you said, that means you're going to be going fast. What the?
1: <laughs> Remember that time I tried to get you to try a piece of tofu? And you were like, <laughs> I want to go to Taco Bell.
0: <laughs> oh, that never happened. <laughs> and you said, no way. That's right. That's right. No, I'm so, but setting I do, the stage. I have,
1: I have moved, uh, but I always moved, and I always wanted to move. And yeah, and then I just... Started moving a lot.
0: You started moving a lot, and now, and how many marathons do you have under your belt? Twelve. It's right. Yes. It's right. People. A Lot. A lot. And what was the hardest one you've ever done?
1: Um, the Big Sur marathon that I didn't train for.
0: Because you had how many days notice? Four. That's right. Yeah. That's what we're talking about.
1: But I still did it, and it was memorable. Uh, I would, I would do it again if you asked me to do a marathon in four days.
0: I'd say yes. Because she's that crazy. Date and I are both going, oh, my goodness. Okay, so let's talk about what made you... So that kind of tells people, like, okay, you went from, like, I like to play games and stuff like that, don't really like to exercise for the sake of exercise, to run in marathons. Mm -hmm. What made you make that shift?
1: Well, I was running with my students. Um, I started training with my class of second graders to do a marathon, and I was super excited about that. We had a great time, and I was all fired up, and then you moved to Houston, and when I was on a break, I went to Houston to go see you, and when you moved to Houston, you were working. Yeah. So I had nothing else to do. So while you were at work, I would sit around and say, well, I used to run with my students, but now they're gone, and so um, I guess I should probably run, otherwise I'm a hypocrite. (laughs) So I just started running a little bit in Houston by myself. Just a little bit. And I started going to the gym every day because they had a jacuzzi. (laughs) I would go to the gym and lift a weight and then sit in the jacuzzi. And um, so it was just, and I had nothing else to do. I didn't know anybody in Houston. I didn't have any friends. And the only person I liked there was at work all day. So I just did, yeah, I just started working out and running. And then you did a marathon in Houston. And I did a 5K yeah, in
0: right. Houston.
1: And, um, and I think my 5K was the same day as your marathon.
0: Did you win? I think you won. Second place. That's
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, um, but when you finished and you had a, um, it was a really hard marathon for you and it didn't go as oh, you had I hoped.
0: totally imploded. It was awful.
1: But, the, um, but at the end, I was super excited that I'd run a 5K. And I remember I had a t-shirt and I was super happy that I couldn't believe I'd run a 5K. So from there, and then I came home, and then while you were in, still living in Houston, yeah. I would come home, and now I had no, the person I liked the most didn't even live in my house anymore, so then I would come home from work, and then I would run, I would call you, and I'd say, I ran four miles today. I ran six miles today. Yeah. So I would work all day, and then I would come home and run, and then I would eat, and then I would do it again.
0: Yeah. And your kids, and then I want to talk to you about your running club too, but for right now we're going to talk about you moving around. So um, would you say running is your favorite type of movement?
1: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's the most, um, it's the one place I can go and kind of lose my mind a little bit, meditative state, like kind of get somewhere else and think about things and solve things. And yeah, not as much as I used to, but yeah, still I'm always aiming for it. I like the idea.
0: Sorry, I was cutting you like the idea. Because at this time, actually thinking about, there was a lot going on at this time. We were newly married when I got this promotion. And we made the decision of like, okay, hey, yes, you go move across the country because it was a promotion for me. But then at the same time, you had taken your very first teaching job and you couldn't walk away from that. We weren't sure about this job for me, so... It just
1: left us open to... Yeah, yeah. it
0: left us open to stuff. So you were a brand new teacher also. So it was kind of a crazy, chaotic time in our lives. So in addition, so you started running, and you just mentioned that it was kind of meditative for, for you. So can you talk a little bit more about that, about, like did it help at all like in planning your day at school or working through that stress cuz i remember those conversations with you while i was in houston of like oh my gosh trying to be a new teacher and dealing but with all, all that but
1: all i had to do so with you being gone i was able to work all the time yeah and then i would just run and exercise and so yeah. that's what i that's just what i did and it over the years then I would um, I would always run, like, I would run, like, between 8 to 10 miles on the first day of school. And I would just always think about, like, how's this day going to go? And I remember getting up early on the first day of school and saying, okay, how, what am I going to do this hour and what's going to happen next? But I spend a lot of time saying, like, okay, for this mile, I'm going to reflect on this issue in my life. Yeah. Money, family, marriage, work. Um, politics I just go down the list of things that I want to and sometimes um, and then I just get lost in my own thoughts and then I come home and I look at my watch to see how far I went yeah <laughs> but sometimes it's um, it's really easy helpful for me to get to that place yeah yeah
0: do you ever think about if you hadn't started running
1: oh yeah I'd probably be doing something else playing soccer or you would have left me uh. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I don't, I don't believe that. Um, tell me about, and I remember when I first met you and you had so many great stories about your parents, you know, your dad riding his bike to work every day, which was baffling to me because I, don't, I didn't see my parents really move around much at all as a kid. But it seemed like your parents moved around a lot. Tell us about that.
1: So I remember um, my activity that we all did as kids, as a family. The one thing that we did as a family, we didn't, we never went on vacations and went on airplanes or anything like that. But every Sunday morning, we would go on a bike ride. And we would ride anywhere from four miles to 40 miles. And wow. um, if, even if it was raining, if it would be howling wind, Sunday morning, we would get up and my dad would pump up the bike tires, and we would all trudge outside, and we would ride our bikes to breakfast, somewhere to breakfast. So we would ride from Torrance to Marina Del Rey, eat a waffle, and then ride home. And, um, and that's just what we did all the time. And, um, and then as our, our big vacations as kids were, um, we would ride our bikes from Torrance to San Diego or from then we'd take the train home.
0: Okay, so for those people listening, because I know that we have people listening all over the world, um, Torrance to San Diego, how far is that?
1: It's about a 120 miles. 100, about, about 120 miles. And then we would go, um, and then we'd take the train home because the uh, wind would be in our face oh. if we had to ride back. So then we would go. Um, it was also my dad's excuse to ride a train, I think.
0: 120 but, um, miles. And
1: 120 then we would go, miles. How old were you? The first time I did that was seven on a five-speed Schwinn with a with a gear shift on the on the <laughs> bar like a like a stick shift, but then I rode. He's um,
0: talking about his bike, and I'm still saying 120 miles.
1: Yeah, you know, it's just what we. That's just, but it wasn't just what we did. And then we went to um to Morro Bay. We took the train to Morro Bay, and then got off the train and put the pedals back on our bikes. And I rode home from Morro Bay, so that's what we would do—either San Diego or Morro Bay.
0: And Morro Bay
1: was about 220 miles. Yeah. yeah. And so we would do that. So I did that. I think when I was nine. Oh, because you're
0: two years older. But that was a different older. time. You know, yeah. it was a
1: different time because on Highway One now, you know, I wouldn't—I don't want to ride on my bike on Highway One. I don't want to. It was a different time that it was just. Not as many cars. Not as many cars. And um, it was just simple. You know, there weren't distracted drivers like they are. I don't know. It was just, uh, we didn't, we would get up early and be the only ones on the road all the time.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking though that you didn't see a lot of other families on their bikes.
1: No. Yeah. No. Even
0: though it was a simpler. We didn't see
1: anybody else wearing bicycle helmets either, but we were doing that. (laughs) Mine was a skateboard helmet, it was purple. And I had a flag on my bike. But it was fun, that's what we did. We did that a lot, until I was like in high school. And then I didn't want to go with them anymore. Yeah. They kept riding, but we would do that. And then we would also, I remember, um, we would run a little bit and we'd go to the track and then we would always, um, our entertainment was usually involved moving. We would go to the beach and walk. They would park at the beach on one spot and then we would walk two miles one way and two miles back. That's what we would do. Yeah. We, I would jump in the waves and run around and they would walk and then we would walk back. We were always doing something like that
0: so do you think that that parental activity that you saw that, that your parents were doing it has affected you at all or do you think it's
1: I don't know but I realize I think I don't know if it's really affect. I guess it has but I don't um I don't ride a bike with that um enthusiasm and passion that my. Parents did, and I don't have the knowledge of bikes that my parents did, but I like to ride my bike. But I, um, I think I, I don't know. I think that um, that encouragement—that was just the way it was. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. And so, as you get older, then so then I become a teenager, and then I want to move because I want to get out. I want to go do something, and I don't have a car, so I get on my bike, and so I was always going somewhere and getting out somewhere. Yeah. And then as I got older, then I would, you know, go. uh, It was always about money and moving. Yeah. Not having much money, but having the ability to move.
0: Yeah. And now, now sitting where you are as a teacher, having been a teacher for 25 years, do you see, I mean, you have a lot, you've been, you've seen a lot of different families over the years, do you think that it plays in that it's a factor at all? Yes, of parents course. Parents moving and kids moving. Tell yes. us about that. Tell us your thoughts. Well, so, about
1: that. Um, like in my classroom, if I have kids that, um, usually the kids that are moving are being encouraged to move by their parents. Okay. Or they're, um, you know, a, a, when the mom will be a runner, so her son is a runner and runs with her his mom, or um, they just have an understanding of. What it is to be outside and be active and moving around, or it's um, or it's people doing um, competitive sports, club sports, club basketball, club soccer, um, people doing that, and yeah. so it's the people that are pretty engaged and aiming for that goal of moving and keeping active.
0: Yeah, interesting. Do you and do you see? And this is really going on a limb. I just happened to think of this, but do you see any correlation with like? Concentration levels in the classroom, or
1: no, but I know that um, I know that a lot of research will say the more the, the more you move, the better you're going to do in school. Yeah. You know, if you um, and there's all these there's apps that you can get to get you know a, a, a brain break where kids stand up, and move around, right. and There's you know get outside and run a lap and then come in and take your test or yeah, you know there's we all do that, but yeah. um, but I think usually the kids that are um, moving and active yeah. are, um, I mean, I seem happy and able-bodied and I don't know. I don't want to say that kids that aren't moving as much, aren't as happy or doing as well in school, but, um, I don't know. It seems to me that it's, it's definitely not a, um, it's not a negative. Yeah. I can only see it being a helpful yeah. part of being a student.
0: And is that one of the reasons why, I mean, you've had, how long have you had your running club at school?
1: I don't know, but the reason I had a running club is because I used to run with my class. Yeah. And then I started teaching kindergarten and I couldn't make them run. So I said, (laughs) I'll just do a club (laughs) and get a lot of people to run. And so, and then it just became easier to have anybody who wants to participate can. Right. There's always kids that will participate that want to, there's always kids that participate because their parents want them to. Right. But it doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just all moving. And so, right. It's good.
0: If I ask you to tell us one of your favorite stories about taking kids on a run with you, could, is that something you could come up with?
1: I have... Um, I can think of stories where I've taken my soccer team on a run. I can think of stories where I've taken my students on a run. Um, yeah, but it's always... It's never bad. I always I always have a good time. It's always it's always fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't have, like, one story. I, I mean, I... And we're taking the soccer team up to uh, Folsom and having them run trails up there. And then we'd jump in the lake or going, um, yeah, or when we were running on the trail in Elk Grove and the guy had just um, stolen something from the Starbucks and I tackled him as he was running by, <laughs> riding by his bike. But, um, and then with my class, my students, I've um, I've met my kids after school on like a Tuesday night at the running store and we've run from there, you know, yeah. we would go. Um. Yeah, and so just to encourage them and to participate with them, and if they'll have me go with them, I'm super happy. You know, I'm happy if they'll. Yeah. I always invite them, but if they say, "Yeah, I'll go," yeah, super fun. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's always opened up doors. You've always said that when you can move in your able body, it opens up doors to being able to do other things. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
0: Um. Another thing that I'm thinking about is you've had several students. Stand up and thank you um, for inspiring them, for getting them moving and running and doing different things. And you have other students that have moved on and are doing things professionally that started in your running club right? We've got, you've got, got I know, I know a bunch of, of, um, like, oh, we've got. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But I know a bunch of kids who, um, who are active in doing things that are now adults and being successful. And I don't know if it's, I like to say that they were in my running club or I've run with them or I've worked out with them. So, but, um, I think if you have enough kids sooner or later, you know, you're going to have, I'm sure I have a lot of, um, former students who are chain smokers too, but, um, (laughs) But I didn't. I don't get credit. I don't. I think I can get too much credit um, and too much blame. You know, I think yeah. uh, it's just a byproduct of having a lot of kids for a lot of years.
0: If anybody knows Mister Shadbourne, he's super humble. Super humble. Um, okay, so let's talk about if we're in COVID times. We know we're in COVID times. It's hard to find things to do for the summer. So if parents were going to be able to do, th- I don't know let's say, one to three things with their kids this summer. you have any sort of ideas? Um, I would, if I was giving moving? a
1: parent ideas of things to do, I would get up early. I would, um, if you're in Sacramento, I would get to a trail somewhere. I'd go to the American River. I would um, get up early and look for wildlife. I would go to the Cosumas River Preserve. I would go to Lake Natoma. I would go somewhere on a trail Yeah, where um, kids can move and run um, and just be outside. I think the key is to be outside and to, um, you know, you never will have a day where you, if you take your kids outside, you and your kids go outside and you come back an hour later, your day will always be better than if you hadn't done that. That's the way I look at it. I remember when I had little kids, I would wake up in the morning and say, what are we doing today? And we would go, outside all day until we would put sunscreen on and we would be moving all day, just wandering around a park or wandering around it somewhere Yes. all the time. I love
0: that. Okay. So I will put those suggestions from Mr. Shadbourne in the show notes. Um, I love that being outside, um, sunscreen, don't mm-hmm. forget sunscreen. Yeah. For sure. yeah. <laughs> Um, Lake Natoma, Trails, I think Hidden Falls is one of your favorite too. We Mm -hmm. didn't mention that one. Hidden Falls or Pilot Hill or... Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hitting the Trails. Thank you Mm -hmm. for all those wonderful tidbits. Yeah. Um, okay. We are going to swing this mic over to our daughter Tate, Shadbourne. And, um, it's a great segue in talking about, um... Watching your parents move and... Because Tate, being our oldest daughter, I wish... I had in my notes here that I wish I had clocked Tate's mileage in the baby jogger because it would be amazing to know how many miles she had run before she could even walk or talk or do anything. I think... One of her um, daycare providers actually asked us because Tate had a biting problem as a baby. (laughs) And um, one of her daycare providers actually asked us if maybe she was aggravated because she was spending too many miles in a baby jogger. (laughs) We were like, yeah, we think she's doing okay because she was pretty happy in there. We would like to thank Let's All Flourish for sponsoring our podcast today. Let's All Flourish is a health and wellness company impacting wellness for families around the world. In addition to this podcast, Let's All Flourish provides workshops and lectures on lifestyle, exercise, attitude, and nutrition to corporate and private clients. We work with sports teams, schools, and church groups interested in leadership, empowerment, social and emotional health, and digital literacy. We also do one-on-one coaching. For more information, contact letsallflourish at gmail.com. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast with Todd. I know I loved it. Who doesn't love working with their spouse? It's going to be my goal to get him in here at every opportunity. There is so much good information and experience in that man. So we'll see what we can do. You will find Todd's tips in the show notes. I'll make sure I get those loaded up. Hey, Todd's tips. That sounds like something that we should have him do on a regular basis, too, right? Hmm. Okay, let's swing this mic over to Tate Chatbourne.